Premiere, live on the air. Hello, Silver Liners, and welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Ladies News Wrap. I'm Liz Coyne, your very chilly host and Silver Linings Managing Editor, and I'm here with my equally cold co-host and Executive Editor, Diana Gubert. Diana, have your toes frozen off yet? Not quite. I am wrapped up in a gazillion blankets, though, with a cat on my lap, and talk about a toe saver. That temperature swing was rough, man. One day it was 90 degrees, and today it's 30, and ugh, brr. I'm here in Chicago, and we had two inches of snow in only on Halloween, and only 40 trick-or-treaters, because by 545, it was a whiteout, which is... Uh, It's probably the third Halloween I remember. I've been here in Chicago for about 23 years. It's the third Halloween that I remember where we've had snow. It's crazy. Today, it is sunny, but super windy. And let's get into the cloud news. We're going to go ahead and skip our appetizer today because we've got so much to cover and get straight into the main course because we've got not one, but two analyst clips to share with you today. Unless you've been living under a rock, Broadcom is trying to buy VMware in a deal that just refuses to close. I think we've been writing about this Broadcom VMware deal about the close for months now. A self-imposed deadline for the deal's close passed this week, and an actual formal legal deadline is rapidly approaching later this month. So we've put some questions out to our analyst friends, and we've asked them to send their thoughts. First, we asked, will this stinking transaction ever be completed? And CCS Chief Insights Enterprise Research Analyst Bola Rotibi, who has been tracking the deal, shared her thoughts. Will the Broadcom and VMware deal close in time? I believe it will. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic that it is just a slight delay hiccup. And certainly the press release from the both organizations on the 30th of October suggested that it was. They talked very much about the jurisdictions and regulatory bodies that they've already got approval. Anyone who has read the EU and the UK competition and mergers um, authorities uh, report on their investigation will see that they've done their homework very thoroughly and they've got the necessary, you know, which is why they approved them. Um, speculation that it might be or and rumor that it might be there might be, you know, the Chinese regulations that they're waiting out for. I'm going to say that's just speculation and rumor at the moment. Um, I would wait till November the 26th, but I do believe it will close. Yeah, so that's a really interesting take, Liz. But of course, we don't take anything for face value here at Silver Linings. So we also asked our analyst friends how the deal is impacting both customers and employees. And also, what would happen if the deal doesn't close after all? And Deloro Group's Mauricio Sanchez had this to say. The ambiguity surrounding the deal has led to frustration by customers, obviously frustration by the business leadership uh, on both sides of the aisle, but more importantly, I think by the employees, which are the human capital. So the longer this goes on, the the longer the VMware ship continues to, to take on water. Now, if it doesn't happen, I think then the VMware ship is going to be um, in repairing itself and reconstituting and uh, repairing the damage that has uh, happened over the time that this deal has been um, open. And uh, it won't be easy. Uh, I have confidence they would be able to. But for all um, parties 
involved. Let's let's hope this deal closes soon. Liz, what do you make of this whole situation? Do you think the companies will manage to complete the deal? And if they don't, do you think VMware would be able to recover? It was pretty prominent before the deal. And then there was a lot of panic, as Mauricio said, a lot of ambiguity that's unsettled a lot of their clients. What do you think? Will this either completely make or break VMware? I don't know. I, uh, I'm i going to wager a bet that says it wouldn't hurt its position in the market if the deal didn't close. So we've gotten so many great articles in from one of our contributors, Mitch Wagner, that were negative about the deals. I think if it doesn't go through, it wouldn't hurt them. What do you think? I'm wondering if the damage has already been done. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we had that one article, to your point about Mitch's stories, that said that people should be looking for off-ramps. Now, I don't know if that was meant to be, hey, guys, make contingency plans, or if people have already been exiting. I don't know off the top of my head whether VMware has been reporting earnings since the deal's been in limbo. I guess we'll just have to sit tight. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There could be a huge sigh of relief and people will be like, woohoo, we could just go back to the way things were. There's enough crazy stuff going on in this world without having yeah. to worry about buying our VMware equipment. So we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. This week, we also had a really neat story covering whether critical workloads will move to the cloud. We also had an article about AT&T's thoughts on how AI can help with automation and a new executive appointment at Google Cloud. So be sure to check out all those stories. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about. Liz, what is it? I am headed to KubeCon next week here in Chicago, and I thought I'd share a sneak peek at who I'm talking to at that show. So far, I have briefings set up with Oracle. Got the download from Red Hat coming in. Also meeting with Akamai and a meeting with JFrog so far. I've gotten so many other invites to sit down and talk. So I've got to iron out my schedule. You know how that goes with trade shows. Wait until the last minute and try and fit everything in like a puzzle. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about this VMware Broadcom deal. At least I plan to ask folks. I think it's going to be a great show. We've got a ton of sneak peek embargoed news pieces coming in. So it's going to be a busy day at the show. I'll be there Tuesday and Wednesday. And Being a native of Chicago, I am so looking forward to going down to McCormick again. It's one of my favorite conference centers. Honestly, I've never been to the conference center or KubeCon, but you know what, Liz? I can't wait to see your reporting from that event. Obviously, Kubernetes is huge in the cloud industry. I'm excited. And you know what else I can't wait for? What? I'm going to go with dessert. Oh, that's right. Our dessert section. It's time for our dessert section, folks, which is where we talk about crazy stories that happened to us over the past week. You might notice that my voice sounds a little bit scratchy, and that's mainly because two weeks ago, I spent Saturday night screaming at neighborhood children in my haunted Halloween neighborhood party, which I still haven't recovered from. It went (laughs) really well. My group was a bloody bridal party, and we'll post some pictures on the site of my costume, but it went really well. But I lost my voice for two days, and I think I might have somehow damaged my vocal cords because it hasn't recovered. But I have another good spooky story from the week. I had recently gone out to Pennsylvania to visit my parents. They live in a small town outside of Pittsburgh. And so I took the Amtrak, the overnight Amtrak with the sleeper car, because where they live is a little bit far from the Pittsburgh airport for 
me to actually consider having them drive to pick me up at the airport, especially in the evening. They're getting older, so it's a little bit tricky. But while I was on the train, I always get a sleeper car just because you just never know what kind of people you're going to have to meet on the Amtrak. And I will say this week, I think I met Beetlejuice in person, not, not pretending the, not pretending to be Beetlejuice, but actually uh, I was in the dining car. I had gone up to the little counter there to get a cup of tea. And this guy came up to the counter to get two cans of beer and his hair was sticking straight up all over the place. It was blonde. He was missing most of his front teeth. He had a black tattoo circle around one eye and his clothes, while he wasn't wearing like the Michael Keaton black and white striped look of the movie Beetlejuice, his clothes were baggy and hanging all over. And he turned and looked at me and spoke in this really crazy accent. I don't know what part of the United States he was from, but he asked me if I wanted some beer. And I was, my immediate reaction was, oh, no way. I actually <laughs> stepped back and tried to yeah, I know. It was so weird. I almost stepped into the little kitchen area because it was just very weird. Liz, yeah. incognito Beetlejuice was trying to be your friend. Yeah, but I found out later from my cabin attendant, the train kept stopping to let, I don't know if anybody's ever taken Amtrak, but as freight trains in the United States have the right of way. So if a freight is coming through and it needs to go through, the Amtrak's pull over. So we are parked at one stop for a, we just stopped and we are parked for a long time, not on a usual station. I found out that Amtrak threw Beetlejuice off the train. My cabin attendant told me we had to pull over so that police could escort a passenger off the train. And I said, did he look like Beetlejuice? And the guys, he did. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, no. Apparently he was harassing some Amish passengers that were on the train. There are about 40 Amish folks from Denver or the Denver area on my Amtrak heading to a wedding in Lancaster because I talked to one of the families for a while and yeah, he was harassing them and he got kicked off the train. That was my interesting over Halloween story, but I really believe that he was Beetlejuice. And I better stop saying it because I think I've said it way more than three Yeah, you've said it way too many times and now he's going to come and hang out at your house. But I wish he had the black and white stripes, but I hope that person ends up being okay on a human level. But Liz, can I share with you my dessert story? Go ahead and tell me your dessert story. Okay. I just recently took back up horseback riding and... One of the things my barn did for Halloween was have like, they did an event show where people did the normal sort of competition. And then we also did a Halloween costume contest. And I don't know if you know this, but you can decorate a horse for Halloween. The same way you dress up a dog or a cat, you dress up a horse. And my horsey named London, she and I dressed up as pirates. And we got third place, which was so cool. And I was pretty stoked. Also, I didn't realize that the adults don't normally go as hardcore as the children. So I was decked out. (laughs) And the other two awards went to children. So I felt a little weird about it. But I had a lot of fun. And that's what mattered. And we had a potluck after. I'll put a a photo in the story of my, my costume in London. So you guys can all check it out. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Congrats. 
between my bloody bridal party costume and your pirate costume with your horse, I think we did a good job representing Halloween. So, and hopefully our costumes are not so scary that they scare away our listeners. Okay, let's wrap up things with our announcements. The deadline for our Cloud Innovation Awards was extended by a week. So that means you have until today, November 3rd, to submit your entries. Uh, you can go to tinyurl.com slash lunchladiespodcast to submit your entries for AI 5G automation. Go to www.tinyurl.com slash lunchladiespodcast to submit your entries for AI 5G automation networking and data center solutions before the time runs out. Please submit. Winners will be announced at our inaugural Cloud Executive Summit in Sonoma from December 6th through 7th. Uh, speakers at the summit will be AT&T, Build-A-Bear, KPMG, Cloudera, Caffeine TV, Carry Loop, Pulumi, and many more. We've even got somebody from Dish Networks coming to talk with us about their 5G network. So make sure you register to attend so you don't miss out on any of that action or the wine because there will be wine tasting at Sonoma after all. So I think that's all for now, Silver Liners. We'll talk to you next week when I'll be back from KubeCon. Look for some great pictures from the show and some stories. And over to you, Diana, for the credits. This podcast is written and hosted by Elizabeth Coyne and Diana Gooper. It is edited and produced by Matt Rickman. Special thanks to today's guests, Mauricio Sanchez and Bola Ratibi. See you next week on The Lunch Ladies.